Okay, so um, we're going to look at Genesis 12 this morning, which is, uh, I disappeared there, uh, the, what's called the Abrahamic Covenant, but don't get too caught up with uh, those words. That's the technical uh, terminology that we use for uh, the, what God said to Abraham, and we'll get into that in a minute. The question that I've asked in coming to, to Genesis chapter 12 is, what is the significance of the Abrahamic covenant for you and me today. I mean, we know this was thousands and thousands of years ago that God spoke to a guy by the name of Abraham and God told him what he was going to be doing. Here's this, and here's the thing that I want to land on and I want to talk about this morning. God wants us to know what He's doing in the nations. That's the key thing. God wants you to know and God wants me to know what He is doing in the nations. Now, let, let's, let's unpack this and take this a little bit further. When did you last pause and say, God, will you show me what you want to do today? In your prayer time, in spending time with the Lord, when did you last stop and say, God, I want to know from you what you are doing so that I can fit into what you do. That, 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 that's really the deal. Let me, let, me use a, let me use an illustration or a story, and it's, it's always interesting for me when I'm going to be preaching on something, how God brings different things to my attention. But I, I, and this is a genuine story. This actually happened to uh, a pastor in a church, and uh, he, they, they'd had their church prayer meeting, and uh, their church prayer meeting during the week was always followed by an elders meeting or a leaders meeting, and that would normally go until like one o'clock in the morning. And they had the prayer meeting, and the pastor said to the rest of the team, no elders meeting tonight. And he said, that was awesome. He said, I threw my coffee away because I didn't have to stay till one o'clock in the morning, stay awake till one o'clock in the morning. And as I was about to leave, and I was going home, and I thought I'm going to chill tonight, and I'm going to watch some TV, one of the other elders of the church stopped and asked me this question. He said, what do you think God is doing right now? He says, I guess he's saving people, which is, I mean, that's a good Christian answer, isn't it? So he said, no, no, I'm serious. What do you think God's doing right now? He said, I haven't got a clue what God is doing right now. He says, why don't we go and ask him? So, so he said, what do you mean by that? So why don't we just go to your office and ask God what he's doing at the moment? So the elder named then, his wife rocks up, the, this pastor's wife, uh, I think it was the youth pastor or something, his wife rocks up there and says, what are you doing? No, no, we're going to my office to ask God what he's doing. She was like, what? <laughs> okay, so the three of them go into the office. And so, so the, they say, okay, now just close your eyes and ask God, pray this prayer, Lord, what are you doing? Close his eyes. First thing that came to him, now this is, this is real. I will give you the, the link if you want to check me up. First thing God puts on his heart is a burger place to go and buy a hamburger. So faithfully writes it down, the name of the burger place, in town, well-known place, burger place. It's like, so it's the eldest 
pauses, said God say anything to you? He's quite embarrassed to say, God told me about a burger place, so he said nothing. Okay, let's pray some more. So praying a bit more. The next, the next thing is God gives him a picture. And this is a picture uh, of an African guy. He's got dark pants on and a gray shirt. Writes it down. Okay, that's a bit weird. The third picture, he gets another picture. And this is a picture of a little girl with pigtails. So here we are. You've got a burger place. Writes it down. You've got this guy who's got black pants and a gray shirt. And you've got a picture of a girl with pigtails. So eventually he got the courage to say, this is what I think God is saying to me. And I went, it sounds weird. So this elder says to him, okay, let's go to the burger place. So they get in the car, three of them. They go to this burger place and they walk into the burger place. And of course they're looking for a girl with pigtails and they're looking for this African guy who's got black pants and a gray shirt and there's nobody like that. Okay, let's go. That, we must have missed it totally. He said, no, no, let's just sit and wait for a bit. So this guy goes and orders himself a burger because he's quite hungry, sits down with his wife, and uh, the elder who's with him goes to place his order. As the elder is placing the order, a guy walks in through the door, black pants, gray shirt, African guy. He looks at this guy. That's exactly the guy that I saw the picture of. He's now sitting, I want you to imagine the picture, here's the pastor and his wife, they're sitting at their table eating their burger, here's the elder in the queue, he's going to place his queue, uh, his, his order, Brad come here for a second, so imagine this, here's the guy in the queue, this African guy walks into the shop, stands in the queue and taps the elder on the shoulder, you can sit down, thank you elder, and, and he's, they, he, this, this youth pastor is now watching these two guys chatting, and the next word, the elder points across to this guy and he says, come across to the table with us. Sit down at the table. This guy, this, this African guy, his name was Mark. The elder says to him, ask him, ask him what, what happened. So this youth pastor had written this all down on a piece of paper. He pulls it out of his pocket and he gives it to Mark. And Mark bursts out crying. Bursts out crying. Here's what happened. When this African guy arrived at the burger place, he recognized the elder who had helped him about 10 years ago with his daughter who had pigtails. She had had some problems. He brought her to the church, came to the elder for some help. The elder didn't remember him at all came across to the table when he read this note. He said, I want to just tell you what I've been doing all day. My daughter just got picked up for narcotics. She's 18 years old. Same, same girl with the pigtails. She just got picked up for narcotics. I've spent the whole day trying to get her out of prison because they've locked her up. Was unsuccessful, so I came here to get some food for my family. I'm on my way home. So they gather around the table much to this guy's embarrassment, they all start praying and they're asking the Lord to intervene and really help his granddaughter. Pack up, go home. Two days later, there's a phone call. Same guy. He says, by the way, I just need to tell you what happened. While we were praying around the table, a Christian prison worker was meeting with my daughter and led her to the Lord while we were praying. 
Now, I just want to ask you a question. Do you think God does these kinds of things? Because here's the, let's come back to the Bible. Here's the Abrahamic covenant. God said, I will bless all the nations of the world through you, Abraham. So God was saying to Abraham, I want you to know what I'm doing in the nations, and I want you to know that you are part of what I'm doing. And we'll get there eventually, but I want to say that God is still blessing the nations of the world, and we'll talk about how. And I want you to know we are part of what he's doing. And I realized just in, in, in preparing this message how little I ask God what he's going to be doing today. And how exciting it could be if I did. Saying, Lord, what are you doing? Will you show me what you're doing? Because God tells us when we ask him. He doesn't tell us all the time. I I mean, I was thinking about the fact that the reason I'm a pastor today is I had a friend at school who was at school with me. And the friend at school believed that it was part of his responsibility to introduce people to Jesus. So this guy, he came and found me as a young adult. He invited me to come to church to youth and to young adults. And he kept bringing me there until the Lord met with me and I got saved. And ultimately, I'm in the ministry today because he believed God was at work in the earth. That's how it works. It's not spooky stuff. It's the stuff that God is speaking to us about in the Word. And, And to me, one of the most encouraging things about this message is at a very dark time in our nation, every one of us needs to know it's God's plan and intention to bless the peoples of this country. The first time we come across this is in in Genesis chapter 12. Where God meets with this guy by the name of Abraham. And he says to him, Abraham, I'm going to bless the nations of the world and you're going to be involved in that process. Do you know that after 10 chapters of really bad news in Genesis, this is the first time there's good news? I mean, think about it. Adam and Eve sin, and God pronounces a curse. Cain kills his brother Abel. How's that? A brother killing his own brother. Then we've got the flood where God wipes out everything on the face of the earth. You've got this Tower of Babel that begins to happen as men through their own efforts try to reach God. And God has to intervene in that situation. For the first time now in Genesis, you hear God saying, I'm going to bless. I'm going to bless the nations of the world. And, and you know the thing that struck me about all of this is as Christians, our attention keeps getting drawn to all the bad news instead of the good news. Have you noticed that? Do you know that uh, people are more conscious of how many divorces there were in 2019 rather than how many marriages got saved in 2019? People are aware of how many, how many uh, killings and murders there were amongst the, the gangs 
in Cape Town? What about how many people's lives were saved in Cape Town? What about the number of people who gave their lives to Christ during last year and were saved? What about that? It's good news to me. But we don't hear about it, do we? We hear about all the corruption in government that's going on at the moment. Eskom, we just had our deal this morning. All because somebody was corrupt and robbing and state capture and all of those kinds of things. How often do we hear all the stories of the generosity of God's people and people who are being sacrificial? And, and let, me, let me share with you an example of what I'm talking about. In, I think most of you are aware of the fact that we have a, a thank offering in, in November in our church every year. And we, we invite people to give to that. We take that money and we give it away to uh, a project that we're involved in or to a needy course. And uh, many of you will know that at the moment we are busy uh, assisting a church in Kailicha called Harari, Harari Baptist Church. We're helping them to build some facilities. They got some money. They started to put up a structure and the wind blew it over. So they came to us and said, please, won't you guys help us? And so over the past year, maybe a little bit longer than that, we've been involved and we're right at the stage where we're going to start building right now. In December last year, one person in this church gave just under a million rand towards that building project. I mean, that's the generosity of God's people. And I think what God is saying to Abraham, I want you to know what I'm doing in the nations, how I'm at work in people's lives, because there's a lot of good news amongst all the bad news at the moment. And I think that's really what I want to draw your attention to in the, the Abrahamic covenant. So, so let's have a look at what it says. Um, we can go th uh, read the verses of Scripture and uh, what God says there. So, the Lord said to Abraham. By the way, when you read capital L-O-R-D, in the Old Testament is always the word Yahweh, right? which is the covenant name for God. The God is in covenant with His people. The Lord had said to Abraham, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. Now, we read that so easily. How many of you would, if God spoke to you today, would pack up, leave your country, leave your family, leave everything behind, and go to wherever God was going to lead you? How many of you do that? Okay, that's looking positive. We're going to pray at the end of the service. <laughs> All right. And he says, and, and listen, this is even more mind-blowing. And I will make you into a great nation. God is saying to one man and his wife, I'm going to make you into a great nation. By the way, they had no children. And he says, and I will bless you. And I will make your name great. And you will be a blessing. And he goes on to say, and I'll bless those who bless you. Whoever curses you, I'll curse. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Listen to this. So Abraham left. He heard God. He had faith. He packed his bags. And he left for a place that God had not yet shown him, but had promised he would do so. Now, I don't know about you. Is it Kelsey that I was talking to earlier on? Yeah, from the States. The willingness 
to obey God when He reveals His will to us is huge. Because it involves the nations of the world. So God's saying to Abraham, my intention, my plan is to do something about the sinful state of the world and that's to bless the nations of the world through you. You know what Abraham's great feat in life was? Not leaving his country, not leaving his community and not leaving his family. His great feat in life is he was willing to believe God. I think that's the great thing that stands out to me about Abraham's life. He was willing to believe God. He was willing to believe that God wanted to bless the nations. And he was willing to believe that God was going to use him. Okay. So so the important thing about this, and there are two sort of thoughts that I want to develop here this morning. The one is, whenever God speaks, it is his intention that we respond in faith. So we call it, I've used the phrase, the revelation of God's word. When God speaks to us, his goal and his desire is to stir up faith in us, to cause us to have faith. In other words, God speaks so that we can believe what he is saying. doesn't matter how big it is. And that's the unique thing about the word of God. The word of God is meant to result in us having faith and being obedient to God. And that's why obviously Abraham packs up and he leaves because he has heard what God is saying to him. Do you know that right now as I'm standing preaching, what God said to Abraham is happening throughout the nations of the world? Do you know that? Thousands of years later, What God said to Abraham is happening throughout the nations of the world because one man was willing to believe God and go when God said go. Thousands of people are believing, are are responding to God. I, I was interested to discover that one of the places in the world where the church is growing the fastest is in Iran at the moment. It is one of the most persecuted places or places where Christians are persecuted more than anywhere else and yet God is blessing people there. You see, when God makes a promise, He's committed to follow through with that. I was, um, some years ago, I was in, uh, in Turkey and uh, I had an opportunity to preach in a, a Turkish church over there and I met a family, they were all sitting together Mother, father, all the kids. And got introduced to them. We were obviously working with an interpreter. Said to me, uh, John, I just want to tell you how we got here. God gave them a vision. The father had a vision. He had a vision of some people serving either soup or food on the pavement outside of a specific building in Ankara in Turkey. He's walking down the road one day and he sees people from the church serving meals to people on the street outside of the building where they used to meet. He begins to inquire what this is all about and he ends up giving his life to Christ and God starts to bless him and his family because God's at work in the earth and among the nations. You see, the whole issue for us in the Abrahamic covenant isn't about what we're doing, it's about what God's doing. I'm so excited to know God is at work right now.
Have you noticed something about the ministry of Jesus in the New Testament? John chapter 5 and verse 19, I think I've got a slide for that with the scripture on. Jesus says about what he's doing in his ministry. I'll read it to you. Have I got it there, Tom? Yeah, there we go. Listen to what Jesus says. The son can do nothing by himself. He only, he can only do what he sees his father doing. Guess what was happening with Jesus when he was spending time alone with his father? He was saying, Father, will you show me what you do? Because what I do needs to fit into what you're doing. But, but, but let's not stop there. For the father loves the son, and the father shows the son everything he does. Do you know that the ministry of Jesus, his healings, his deliverance, his teaching, his preaching, his calming the storms, all of this kind of stuff, even his death upon the cross, is because he knows that's what his father's doing. And you know, we often look at the, at the life and the ministry of Jesus and say, that's Jesus, that can't possibly be for me. Why is Jesus not our model for life and ministry? Did Jesus not become a man like you and me and live by the Spirit of God so that He could show us how to live and so that we could model our lives on His ministry? Have you ever thought about that? Think about this. Does God love us? Amen? You still with me? Do you think God shows us what He is doing? Some of you are a little unsure. Here's the point. Jesus is saying, God speaks to me. God shows me because He loves me. And He's called me to be part of what He's doing among the nations. I want you to notice something. I think it's in 2 Corinthians 5. Here it is. Just listen to this. You know the first part well. If anybody's in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. All this is from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ. And then what? He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And that's not all. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against him. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making His appeal through us. Have you noticed something amazing? That when God called Abraham, He didn't stop with Abraham. He's included us in the process today of what He's doing in the nations. I've asked myself this question. If the church really believed that, what would happen in the nation? Now, I know that we intellectually agree to it, because I do. Whether I'm fulfilling what God has called me to do is another question. Because the, the second part of this Abrahamic covenant that I want to touch on today is this. 
Our obedience releases the blessing of God into other people's lives. You see, when God included Abraham in what he was doing, he says to Abraham, if you don't obey, I can't bless the nations of the world. Because that's the way God chose to work. I want you to think about that for a minute. That's why every time Abraham messes up, God brings him back on track again. Sometimes with a bit of a smack along the ear. You remember that, that Abraham goes down to Egypt. And Abraham's got a really beautiful wife. And so as he arrives in Egypt, all he's worried about is his own skin. So he says to his wife, you tell Pharaoh you're my sister. I don't know how she felt about that, but so be it. And you know what happens? She ends up in Pharaoh's harem. That's quite hectic. And you know what happens after that? Pharaoh isn't happy because God starts to cause him to get sick and have sores all over his body. And so he begins to ask around, what's going on over here? He discovers this oak. Abraham's lied to him about his wife. And the Pharaoh, the unbeliever, comes to the believer and he says, what in the world are you doing? You're causing me to suffer because you're lying to me. Here's the point. God is saying, listen to this, God is saying, I'm going to bless the nations of the world. You're going to be the vehicle through which that happens. And if you get off track, I'm going to bring you back on track because my bigger plan counts. This wasn't just about God rebuking Abraham for his disobedience and sin and lying. This is God saying, I've got a bigger plan for the nations. You're involved and I'm going to keep bringing you back on track because I need to fulfill my plan in the nations. You see, we can be so focused on ourselves and what we're doing and how we're coping, we lose sight of the fact there is a bigger plan than that. And God is choosing to work through His people, people like you and me. God is choosing that. And when we get out of line, this isn't just about God saying, I'm going to get you back on track. He's saying, I'm, I've got a plan for the nations and I need you to be part of that. That's why I want you to stay focused. Because the blessing of God is released through the people of God. Now, interesting, when I was preparing this, a thought came to me. I wonder how many of you have had God speak to you and you've been obedient to God and it's all gone south. Any happened to any of you? It's all gone pear-shaped. It's like, what am I doing here? I've been obedient to God. Everything seems to go wrong. And you know, what, what my attention was drawn to a guy by the name of Joseph. Do some of you remember Joseph in the Old Testament? Do you remember that Joseph had two visions, not one? And Two visions, God says to him, I want to tell you what I'm going to do. And the, the visions, you remember, was a picture of the sun and moon bowing down and all of this. And, and the interpretation of that is that he was going to be a very powerful figure and his mother and his father and his brothers were going to bow before him. And he made the grave mistake of telling them that. And that didn't endear him to them one iota. So here's, God, here's Joseph. He's got two visions or dreams, had two dreams. The dreams are from the Lord, he knows that. God is showing him what he's going to do and then everything goes south. His brothers sell him into slavery. 
Now that's not a good way to start your, the fulfillment of the dream that you've had that one day your brother's going to bow before you. And then he gets into part of his household and he's put in charge over there and the Bible says, and God starts to bless Potiphar because of Joseph. So things start turning around a little bit. Here's a moment in time. Things are kind of getting right again. Next minute Potiphar's wife hits on him. He lies. She lies about him. He ends up in prison. Like, come on. God, but you spoke to me. He gets into prison. God starts to bless him. He's put in charge of the whole prison. Two prisoners arrive. They have a dream or a vision, whatever it was. He interprets that for them. He says to them, as they're about to leave the prison, please remember when you, me when you're out. Send somebody to come and rescue me over here. Like, I'm here because of injustice and injustice. They forget about him for two years. I mean, by then you're starting to say, is God serious? Here's what happens. One day Pharaoh has a dream. And the guy that had his dream interpreted by Joseph in prison says, Pharaoh, I know somebody that can interpret that dream. And within months, Joseph the prisoner, whose whole life seems to have gone south, is the second most powerful man in all of Egypt. And then comes the day Joseph is with his brothers, and they are extremely fearful, and I would have been too if I'd done that to my brother. And he says these words, which are very powerful. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good for the saving of many lives. Here's the point I want to make. Sometimes God speaks to us. Sometimes God shows us what He's doing with our lives. And we step out in faith and we start trusting Him. Everything goes south and what do we do? Oh man, maybe I missed it. Maybe it's never going to happen. Maybe I misheard God. Maybe I must just pack that away some, somewhere. I think Genesis reminds us of something. God is incredibly faithful to His Word when He has spoken. God is incredibly faithful to His Word when He has spoken. That's why when you get to Hebrews and you read about Abraham, He's spoken about as what? A man of? Everything about Abraham's now, this man of faith, man of faith, man of faith. Why is he called a man of faith? Because he kept believing God all the time. He believed God when he was called. He believed God. God says to him, and by the way, I'm going to make you into a great nation. He says, God, that's a problem. You've got no kids. 75 years old when he leaves. He gets a little bit older. He's kind of hitting the, the late 90s. God says to him, by this time next year, Abraham, you're going to have a child. He says, yeah, no ways. Like 75 I could have managed, but now we, but it's a bit over the top. His wife laughed because she thought that's ridiculous. Abraham laughed because he thought it's unbelievable. And a year later, a child is born to them. Because the God of heaven is able to accomplish whatever He says when He speaks to us. 
I want to read this to you. It's Hebrews 11. It says, By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. By faith Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. The God we serve is faithful to his word. God wants us to know what he's doing. Because when we obey God, He will bless others through us in the way that He promised. What do I mean by that? I think people will be reconciled to Christ when we play our part. I believe people will discover this freedom in Christ when we play our part. I believe people will be set free from the power of sin when we play our part. People will be healed and delivered, receive God's peace when we play our part. The question you may want to ask yourself, is this promised blessing that God speaks about to Abraham being fulfilled today? Some of you know the Sermon on the Mount. It's in Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7. Let me read to you the beginning of it. It says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The next verse, Blessed are those who mourn. Do you notice a word that relates a little bit to what God was saying? Blessed, 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 blessed. All the blessings that God promised are through Jesus. Because Jesus was Abraham's real son, in a sense. The promise. That's what God meant when he said all the nations would be blessed through Abraham. Ephesians 1 and verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us. In the heavenly realms, with every spiritual blessing, praise God. And by now the church would be on their feet, giving Him a praise offering, because God is so good in honoring His promises. I'm blown away by what God has said. When, when there's a sermon on a Sunday morning, there, there are different types of sermons you get. You get a teaching sermon where you're going to be taught. You get an encouraging sermon where you get encouraged. You get a rebuking sermon where you get reminded. <laughs> I was like, you're out of line. But I had a sense today in this, what God had given me for us was meant to be prophetic in nature. I feel God's wanting to stir up something in the church again. And what God's wanting to stir up in the church is this. He wants us to realize that He's way more powerfully at work than we realize in the nations. And I feel God is saying to His church, I want you to step out in faith again. 
I want you to obey what I'm calling you to do. And I want you to watch what I will do when you obey me. You see, he's not asking us to do the work. He's asking us to come into alignment with what he's already doing. When God prompts me to pray, to speak to, to encourage, to minister to, to serve somebody, it's all about what He is doing. Hello. <laughs> well, at least one person came forward for it. Yeah. <laughs> I think Peter had a better response than I did today. But... But I, I, I really mean that this morning. I, my sense is, is God is wanting to awaken us to the fact that there's a massive harvest that He's bringing in at the moment. But He's, going, he's saying, but we are the ambassadors. We are the people that He's going to use. When Paul spoke about that in, in I think it was two Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he said, when I came amongst you, I came in weakness and fear and trembling. I resolved to know nothing except Christ and Him crucified, but there was a demonstration of God's power. And I believe as a church, we need to believe God for a demonstration of His power. We need to believe God for the working of His Spirit. We need to believe that God is speaking to His church today. We need to believe that God is speaking to us because He's got a plan for the nations. And the plan is that people through Jesus will know the blessing of God in their life. That's what we call to. That's what we're here for. I was very tempted to bring some paper and pens this morning. And just, just for us to pause and say, Lord, will you show me today what you're doing? Just imagine if we all walked out of here this morning and we had a sense of just something God was putting on our heart and we went and did it. Can you imagine what will happen as a result of that? Can we, Tom, can you rewind back to that uh, John chapter 19, uh, John chapter 5 and verse 19? There we go. The son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing because whatever the father does, the son also does. And here's the verse for you. The father loves the son and shows him everything he does. Maybe it will be like the story I told you of the guy going to have a burger and meeting a guy and all kinds of weird, but it might, not, might be much simpler than that. It might just be because you believe God's made, given you a friendship with somebody who doesn't know the Lord and you're going to be on it because that's what God has given to you and you're not going to give up with that, on that because you believe God's got a plan for a person's life. God speaks about our names being written in the books. God speaks about the plans that He have for us, has for us. God speaks about the new identity that He has for people and it's going to come as His church is obedient. That's me and you. So let's pray.
wonder if some of you would, um, would risk praying that prayer this morning. Lord, will you show me what you are doing? Will you show me what you are wanting to do through my life? Will you show me what you are willing to do in somebody else's life? God spoke to a man by the name of Abraham. Sometimes we've so elevated Abraham that he's almost on another planet compared to where we are. But he was a man who was an unbeliever, a worshiper of idols, and God spoke to that man. And because God had spoken and he heard the voice of God, he believed and he left. And he followed. And the rest is history. Father, I pray. May we here this morning hear the voice of the Spirit. I have a sense, if I may, there's somebody here that God spoke to you, started out on a journey. And you were being obedient and then things just didn't work. And you kind of dropped it. And you left it. And you felt it was a waste of time. And I feel God wants to stir up faith for you again. I have a sense as well that there's somebody here who's got a great friend, you fantastic friends, but your friend is, is not a believer, but you've got a great relationship, you spend amazing time together, a lot of fun and laughter and joking, but that person is, is just constantly seems to be just quietly resistant to anything to do with Jesus and the Lord. And God is saying, push it. I have a sense too of somebody being here today who has tried for a long time, trusted for a long time and prayed for a long time. And you've just felt I need to accept things as they are. Nothing's going to really change. And God is saying don't believe the lies of the enemy. Lord, I pray that there'll be such a stirring in the church at the moment, such a stirring of the Holy Spirit in our lives. God, we're going to see your hand all around us. We're going to see a move of the Spirit of God. We're going to see a move of the Lord in this nation, amongst family, in friends' lives, in colleagues, at work. Lord, I want to pray 
that we'll move from what we are doing to what you do. Lord, that we'll get our eyes off all the bad news onto the fact there's some incredible good news. The God of heaven has come to bless people's lives through Jesus. I pray, Lord, that we won't get focused on all the bad statistics. You'll bring to our attention there are amazing things happening right now as we are sitting here today. For Lord, we want to confess and say today, you are the God who is faithful to His Word. You are not a man that He should lie. You fulfill your plans and promises like, like Abraham had to learn when it was impossible to have a child. You showed him that with God, nothing's impossible. And I pray for you today, if God's wanting to birth something in you where you've given up hope and thrown in the towel, I want to say let that be awakened to this morning. And let it be resurrected this morning. And let your faith blossom and bloom again this morning. And may you see the hand of the Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Alright. Don't forget. Lord, what do you want to do today?